Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to Libertarian Social Democracy Podcast. I'm Brad, and I'm here with Matthew Bump. And today we're going to be talking about a couple different things, but I'm going to have Matt lead the discussion this time. All right, so um, this week there has been all kinds of nonsense coming out of the typical liberal establishment of the Democratic Party and its corporate wing and its conspiracy theorist wing, a.k.a. the establishment itself, pretty much, regarding Russian assets and stuff like that. So I think it's appropriate today that we talk about Tulsi Gabbard and Hillary Clinton and her smear campaign in the background against Tulsi Gabbard. Um, and another issue that we're going to talk about at some point is uh, the border uh, the, the southern border of our country, and, you know, try to come to somewhat of a reasonable conclusion, or just to have the dialogue, even if we don't come to a conclusion. But uh, it's appropriate, in my opinion, to talk about both, especially as Tulsi is extremely relevant right now. And, you know, for somebody to smear her from the highest levels of the background, really, you know... Uh, it's it's a shame, and pretty much every candidate on the Democratic side has come to Tulsi's defense, with the exception of Elizabeth Warren. Uh, so, to get you guys caught up, if you weren't aware, you know, Tulsi is a, I believe she's a two-term congresswoman. She's almost seven years in right now. Um, she's a military veteran. I believe she served for something like 17 years or some something like that. Anyway, um, she served two tours of duty voluntarily, uh, sending herself in a medical unit, I believe, to, I don't know if it was both in Afghanistan or, I think she went to Afghanistan and Iraq at two different times, voluntarily. So she's clearly somebody who would understand the impacts of you know, our war machine and military-industrial complex and all of that, you know, she's clearly well-intended and knowledgeable on the subject. She, is, she has earned her right to speak on, the, on these issues. And, unfortunately, the corporate uh, side of the Democratic Party has latched itself to uh, the military-industrial complex, just as the, the right has, you know, uh, the Republicans, uh, for the most part. So, anyway, uh, to, yeah, today we're going to talk about that. Uh, you know, Tulsi is outspoken against the war machine. She is outspoken against corruption in the Democratic Party. Outspoken against just blatant, you know, media manipulation and all of that. Um, one of the things that uh, caught pretty much the entire country's attention was Hillary going on some kind of a podcast with, uh, I don't know the, the guy's name. Uh, we'll, we'll link it on our Facebook or something. But she went on there and basically said that the Russians were grooming Tulsi Gabbard to run <laughs> as a, yeah, to run, to run, <laughs> to, to okay. run, to run as a third party candidate <laughs> in, uh, in the, you know, the general election, if she is not to make it, so let's just let's just talk about, uh, you know, the the irony of that kind of statement. You know, Hillary 
has been caught on audio, and it was reported by Jimmy Dore, um, caught on audio, complaining about how she didn't interfere in other countries' elections and how we should have. Uh, another point of hypocrisy, you know, uh, since she's stuck on the, the whole Russiagate thing, is the same. she's blaming election interference for her loss in 2020, or I mean in 2016. By the way, she is considering a run for 2020. Please don't. You're a waste of energy and existence, and I don't want to see you ever again. But uh, she's blaming her loss still on the Russians, and she has successfully undermined already her own Democratic primary. So she literally rigged an election and then complained about somebody else doing it to her. So she should, should, she should just shut the fuck up. Another thing, she's trying to do it to Tulsi now, trying to undermine her campaign and smear her as an, you know, just a Russian asset or even an imperialist, even though her core message is against imperialism. Um, oh, man, they're, they're, it's just blatant character smear. There, there are hardly any people in Congress who are more qualified to talk about the issues facing our country than Tulsi. And hardly anybody more honorable, in my opinion, and more, more respectable by people on the left, the center, and the right. And they're using the fact that um, people on the right like her as... As a bad as, thing? As, as evidence that she is a Russian asset. It's, the correlation is, there's no correlation really, and there's no causation either. It's just because she has a message that reaches beyond just one side of the political spectrum. It's pure sensationalism. Yep. Could, could you read that part about the, uh, about her appeal to libertarians? Oh, it's on, um, it's on. Here. No, um, I remember it, it was, mm. Excuse me, I'm stuffing my face while we're recording. But, basically, the parts that... The reason why she is also appealing to libertarians is because she wants to address the drug, the war on drugs issue. She wants mm -hmm. to address the intervention, inter, military intervention issue. Yeah, military-industrial complex. Yes, and... Um, as far as I concerned, those, those are the main two things that us libertarians, you know, kind of agree with her on. Um, she said that she wanted to increase the minimum wage, which libertarian right doesn't really believe in. But I think that overall she is more for the general freedom, the general social freedom of people than most other candidates. Now, I mean, you could argue that Bernie Sanders is too, and I, I would agree with you, but, like, I think Tulsi Gabbard is a little more um, accepting of the gun culture, which I like about her too. Yeah, she, she is, uh, I mean, admittedly, she raised her hand about the gun buyback program, though. Oh, yeah, that is right. Okay, maybe I'm thinking of something else. But... So, someone else. Um... She does bring more balance and more of a leadership tone to her to the campaign trail compared to other candidates like Elizabeth Warren, who pretty much is just riding Bernie's coattails or curtails or whatever. 
uh, or Joe Biden, who is literally just running on what we can't do as a country. <laughs> yeah. You know? uh, or Bernie is the leader of the movement, but Tulsi was a key part of that movement. She endorsed Bernie in 2016, and that's another reason why Hillary does not like her. She dropped out of the co-chair position of the Democratic National Committee because she was speaking her voice, and they didn't like it, and she called out the rigging of the primaries against Bernie, and Hillary will not forgive her for that. So she stepped down and then endorsed Bernie at the Democratic National Convention, which was basically shoving a handful of shit in Hillary Clinton and the Democratic establishment's face. So they, they, there's their motive right there. You know, you undermine the, the political powerhouse, which failed against one of the most easily beatable candidates of all time, Donald Trump, uh, spoke truth to power, and they don't like that. Uh, one thing that is very appealing to me personally about Gabbard is she seems very, I guess this is a, a trait of being in the military for so long, but she's very level-headed and very focused, right? very focused. And she has that leadership aspect, like you said. She, I mean, it's a military aspect. She's cool, calm, collective, and... Not a boomer. Yeah, she's not, and she's hot too. <laughs> she can imperialize my face whenever she wants. But uh, yeah, she's she's got this. When she makes this, when she does something or she says something, she's certain of it, and she's got that cold look in her eyes. Not in a bad way, but in a good way that's, you know... That lets you know she's serious and that she knows what she's talking about and she's trying to speak person to person, not, you know, she's speaking with somebody and not at them, or she's speaking to them and not at them, you know what I mean? Like, she's not trying to tell you what to think, but she, she literally is <coughs> just sincere. That's, yeah, that's, that, that's, that's a good way to put it's it. It's authentic, you know? That's something that people liked about Bernie. That's something that people liked about Trump, even though he's really... There's a difference between being honest and being truthful, you know? Like, you can say what's on your mind. Oh, he's so honest. But is it based on fact? No, that's completely Yeah, that's thing. the bad thing about Trump is he's just spitting yep. basically bullshit. Like, ev everything. Like, and we'll get to this topic, too, but, like, even regarding the border where he's saying, like, terrorists are coming over the Mexican border. We're going we're gonna to talk about the border situation later. But, you know, just things like that. That's an example of Trump being speaking his mind and being authentic, but also not living in a, a, the realm of reality. Yes. Um... If you don't mind, I'll go to the border really quick, but yeah. Trump is, if Trump is really for the free market, then he would actually realize that people coming from different countries and different cultures is exactly what the free market needs to improve and make it better. I mean, who the, who the fuck would we be without tacos? Every person I age, every person who's our age I know loves the fuck out of tacos and burritos. I mean, even though burrito is American as, as American bastardization of Mexican food, but I mean, you you can't go to even like our local sports games without having like a all right. Say say if we just started wanting to limit European influence on our culture. Well, there goes Polish sausages. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> there goes beer. Yeah, there goes beer. There goes pretty much anything that we've adopted as a country through our cultural uh, bi 
uh, like d diversity. There goes our form of government. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there goes this, the Statue of Liberty is like falling over. Like. Yeah. The, the French gave us a Statue of Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, it's, uh, it's, he's just. I believe that there is some. He's the wrong kind of nationalist. Yeah. He's like, even Adolf Hitler would be disappointed. <laughs> that's that's fucked up. <laughs> but there there is some valid concern about you know the cartels at the border and whatnot. But let's face the facts: the cartel exists because it has drugs and wants to sell those drugs. Matt and I had a a, a, a argument with a very incoherent person. About the about drugs and them being a victimless crime. This person couldn't even make a coherent point. Like, whenever somebody said, especially Brad, whenever Brad was like, "All right, I'll um, I'll bite. I'll listen to your point. Like, give me your evidence or give me your opinion right here." That person would back off and just, you know, like, "Oh, I can't I can't talk with you guys because you're so close-minded." When we're literally asking for his side on the on the topic. He tried to say that marijuana legalization is not victimless, you know. Mm -hmm. And the only part that he could be somewhat true is if I bought marijuana from someone and that someone got it from the cartel, which put a gun to someone's head or so, someone the heads to, of someone's to, family to, to steal the land on which they grew those those drugs or whatever. Exactly, and I mean, I guess yeah, but. That doesn't necessarily make me a murderer because I didn't know about you know. If I if I knew that my drugs were coming from, it's just, it's just an example of why having it illegal empowers those cartels and actually makes the drug act. That's literally what creates the victims is having it illegal. Exactly because in the black market, it's no fair game. Yeah. No, and they're not going to be in drug dealing. They they don't really ask for your ID. It's not regulated like that. Yeah, exactly. they don't care. They don't care, you know, as long as they get their fucking money. Yep. They don't care if you die or if the if the shit that you got, uh, if it was heroin cut with fentanyl or something else, you know, and you die. Like they they're not checking for that shit. They don't care. Exactly. I mean, but you'd think they would because they have a vested interest in keeping you as a customer. But that's the thing about narcotics like that, or I mean, uh, opiates like that. There there's a constant increase uh, in demand for drugs. Uh, and new new people becoming addicted through different means. Sometimes even our government is responsible for it, and not just because of the drugs being illegal, but because of what they approve to be pushed out into society. Um, I also made the case against this person that, and in okay, so in Switzerland there's a there's a Joe Rogan episode where a guy went to Switz I believe it was Switzerland, one of those Nordic countries, and. The Swiss are much more, just about as conservative as our conservatives, if not more. And even they have a, a social drug program with safe injection sites where the heroin is produced, you know, professionally. I think even Russia has that. Do they? I Interesting. They do. I believe they have safe uh, injection clinics. But even having the safe injection clinics, you get you get the you get clean sterile needles. You have someone there to watch you if you overdose with it's Narcan. It's basically to make sure that you're a functioning addict and not somebody that's literally going to go and terrorize society to go and get your drugs. Exactly. And, and you're not going to die. But And the reason why these drugs are so expensive is because they're illegal. 
when something's illegal, you have to go through so much trouble to make sure you not get caught. That's why everyone charges so much for these illegal yeah. drugs. And it's ironic though that when the government, if, if the government were to supply the means for you know and regulating all of this. It's funny because the government would be seizing the means of production. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, which is basically an echo of socialism or, yeah. you know, Mar yeah. Marxism, communism. But I would I would propose that it would be like a, you know, it'd be like alcohol in bars. Like you can't shoot up outside; you have to shoot up inside the opium den or whatever yeah. you want to call yeah. it. And we're not allowed to go and drink on the street, so why should we be able to go and inject on the street? Right. Like if I have it my way, I would open up an opium den or a heroin den and I would professionally produce oh, and monitor, right? and process my heroin. I I professionally grow the 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 poppies, process it into heroin, and that way I could guarantee you through my business that this amount in your spoon is equivalent to this many milligrams or whatever. Yeah. So you know exactly what your what your dose is. Now I also promise that it's not cut with harmful things like fentanyl. And if it is, they could hold me liable in a court of law. And that's another thing, too. Like, uh, all right, so in these places where it's controlled, if you want to get off, they successfully wean you down to the point where you're barely taking any. Yeah, um, also in the same case of the Joe Ro the guy in Joe Rogan, the Swiss, when the Swiss um, government... Um, made this whole safe injection site and safe heroin thing possible, heroin use actually declined yep. since that's its the, inception. That's the case when you decriminalize things. And these places where people shoot up safely, they also have, you know, drug addiction, you know, mental health services, basically. Yep. You know, so, okay, hey, you know, we understand you want to use, but you know, think about getting off of it. Think about the help we can give you to live a sober life. So yep. it's a win-win situation. And to get back to the original point, though, about the border situation, Trump makes a case about stopping drugs from coming into the country. Um, it's a terrible argument uh, because, you know, he thinks the wall is going to stop that shit, but they've already discovered that there's tunnels going underneath portions of walls and fences that already exist, so it's, it's not going to stop it. And second of all, that's not even where most drugs are coming through. It's coming through legal ports of entry. Exactly. So I can understand why you'd want to, you know, uh, invest in some kind of al alternative uh, or just a way to prevent that from happening. But uh, an easier solution is to just decriminalize it here uh, and regulate it and produce it here instead of having it come from over there and, and creating a demand via the black market by keeping it illegal, you know. Or, uh, in, even if, uh, for the short time being, like, the wall itself is still just a primitive idea. It's, like, so, like... It's stupid. It, yeah, it's literally dumb. Like, there are people, for, <laughs> for example, in prison, there are people literally flying drones into the courtyards to drop drugs off. <laughs> you know? Like, it's not that fucking complicated, you know? But, here, they, why don't we use more, uh... I would say unarmed drones, you know, uh, to patrol the land with, uh, what was it called? Like, not heat seeking, but heat seeking and, uh, where it's white and black. Night vision. Night vision and, uh. Yeah, it, it would be, um, 
that yeah, that was, this was kind of our idea together. It would be not only more efficient but much cheaper to have a battalion of National Guard soldiers, or maybe two battalions, across the whole border, you know, patrolling in shifts, first, second, and third shifts, with, you know, third shift having night vision, and second shift having night vision as well, but, and also having drones with night vision, and... It might, the one problem, though, is that during the daytime, it might be hard to detect people. Oh, that you have infrared vision for that as well. Yeah, that's well. what I was trying infrared, to say. Okay, infrared. yeah. Infrared vision uses, you can see the differences in heat. Yeah. Where yeah. a human body would show up, you know, yellow and extremely red. Yeah. Um, but also, I want people to be able to come here. America was founded by immigrants. So what I would want is still have borders protected by, you know, servicemen, but also have, make the poor of entries, make entry in general easier to obtain don't make people wait 10 years for a fucking yeah, visa don't encourage uh you know unlawful immigration through these draconian and primitive fucking ideas coming out of the head of this orange fucking buffoon like and it's not, he's not the only person talking about it obviously but he's the only person trying to make it a reality and that's just dumb like we have thousand like I, I don't know how long we have right now but we have fencing and all that shit it's not stopping illegal drugs from coming in we need to just completely reapproach the issue and when it uh when it comes to people trump is demonizing people as rapists and murderers and even terrorists he tried to say that fucking isis members were coming through these caravans you know that's fucking ludicrous there's no evidence for that shit but his fucking base, they don't care about facts, logic, or reason at all. I would, um, a, a friend of mine had posted some statistics from, I, I believe it was the, uh, the FBI, that said that, um, not, uh, not illegal immigrants, um, <clears throat> comprise about 50% of, I not, I can't say if it was violent crime or non-violent, I forget which one, but either or, the, them crossing the border illegally is a crime, and they're, therefore they're criminals, so they have to resort to crime in order to make money. Oh, yeah, so that's another false talking point there. Like, from, uh, I, you, you hear it from a lot of people in the Trump administration. Like, a lot of these people, large numbers of these people have criminal history. You look at their names and shit, and their, their criminal history is literally just illegally entering the country. That's it. Like, and you can make a case that, like, you know, other countries are like, you know, they don't have like strong governments and strong court systems and shit like that. But still, the facts are the facts here. Uh, most of the time, these people aren't actually like large scale criminals and cartels and gang members and shit like that. They're yeah. literally just trying to come here and make a better life for themselves. And that's something that we should encourage, but doing it the right way, which is what the right wingers say that you know, that these illegal immigrants should do. But then at the same time, they'll be like, well, no, we shouldn't uh, make it easier. They should just wait. All right, well, how long did your ancestors have to wait to come here? Like, uh, I understand that there's suffering uh, involved in the process of coming here back in the old days, you know, on the Mayflower and shit. People were dying left and right on, the, on, the, on those boats and shit, you know. I understand that. But this is a completely different world. There have been multiple... Uh, revolutionary changes within our country and our immigration system that 
we we could just refute those stupid ass arguments, basically. Um, the only the if someone was if an immigrant were to come here and they committed murder in their old country or armed robbery, I'd be like, yeah, we might have to keep an eye on you. Yeah. That'd be pretty much the if they violated the NEP in their own country, then they we would have to watch them. But yep. people do change over time anyway. And I don't. This is another thing. Like when I was incarcerated. Um, we had one guy who was an undocumented immigrant, but, you know, they obviously had him documented now. Uh, I don't know what his crime was, but the guy literally just, like, he didn't speak much English. He seemed relatively harmless, and he was in a minimal, minimum security prison with no fences, so clearly he wasn't a sex offender or a murderer or anything. But he, he could have been here for a drunk driving, and they deported him. Exactly. You know, I understand. Like, I understand why maybe some people would say, well, he's a danger to society, but are we deporting every fucking drunk driver uh, in, in America? Or uh, how is it that it takes like three or four uh, drunk drivings to become a felony here and nobody... Before, in Wisconsin, yeah, that is. Yes, yes, in Wisconsin. Before you go to prison or, uh, you know, but they're not getting deported. Uh, on their first time. They're not going to prison on their first time. So what? what is... It, it's hard to make a coherent argument for deporting people for smaller crimes. You know, they deport people for pretty much anything. It could be a petty theft, you're getting deported. Exactly. You know, even if you're here legally. That's, that's a problem. You know, you're walking on eggshells as somebody who's already, um, I guess... Uh, what's what's the word like, like not ostracized from society, but uh, like, um, like you're exiled almost. Kinda, yeah. It's it's the word I'm looking for is, I'll just describe the word. But basically, you're fighting an uphill battle against, you know, just reality of trying to succeed here. You know, you're you have to work twice as hard than somebody who was born here and has natural privileges and familiarity you know you're not walking on eggshells when you're born here you know in other cases you can't all right uh for example like a guy uh deals a bunch of cocaine does his time comes back out you know can he can start a new life person that has um come here from another country uh is already facing an uphill battle, makes a couple mistakes, and they get sent home. You're walking on eggshells in that kind of sense. You know? Yeah, for sure. Um, like I said, I think as far as deportation, it should only really involve crimes that are a form of co coercion or violence. Yes. Um, Sex crimes, coercion, violence, uh, or, you know, just... Anything that violates the NAP. Yeah, and basically endangering other people. Yeah. Um, like I said, I can understand concern about drunk driving and shit like that, but they should be treated the same way as a citizen would yeah. under, under the law, even though they don't have any rights technically. Yeah, I, I think um, I'm, I'm all open for a border, but yet making it easier for people to come here. Yeah. I think it's it's it'd be more fair that way. It's such a common sense compromise, and I don't understand why our government acts like there's like only my way or the highway on both sides. It's definitely stupid. 
You know, it's intellectually lazy, it's purposely divisive, and it's actually harming people that are here legally, and people, I mean, people that are natural-born citizens, it's harming them. It's also harming the people that are trying to come here and start a new life. It's harming people everywhere. Republicans want fucking, basically a closed-off border with almost impossible, um, uh, impossible. Uh, what's like the an word? impenetrable force. Uh, no, impossible. <laughs> um, fortress, I mean. Not, not that. I'm, tra- I'm trying to think of what's the correct word. Um, impossible requirements to meet in order to become a citizen. Oh, yeah. Whereas like, Demo- like, Democrats want full open borders, but they want a welfare state. I mean, in my personal political philosophy, I don't believe you can have open borders and a welfare state because it would just be too much for the average taxpayer to fork, fork over. But... So I I believe in my opinion the best compromise would be easy um, border security with ports of entry but with easier means to become a citizen easier means to acquire visas to enter the country. Let's not forget though that part of the reason why people come here and that's another thing like we're not addressing why people really come here fully. There's all kinds of different reasons from American influence in their countries and their economies and their governments and all of that, but. Uh, basically, we're. Uh, can you pause it? Pause it. All right. So, like, here's the thing. Uh, he said that Demo- or Brad said that Democrats <coughs> want an open border and a welfare state, and you know, made his case right there. But there's a, there's a clear example of of that happening on the right, but without the welfare state. Um. <laughs> that clearly creates the conditions for human suffering and a loss of revenue for our government. The Koch brothers openly stated that they were for open borders because you could bring in cheap labor, cheaper than the American worker would demand. Uh, and furthermore, it create so that's creating suffering right there because they're, you're going to be trapped in poverty. Um, and... <clears throat> By paying people under the table because they're undocumented, the government itself is losing out on tax revenue. So it actually might make more sense to just give all the people here rights, you know, as citizens or at least temporary citizenship or something or a pathway to it. So that way we can generate some more tax revenue and we don't need a welfare state uh, because they aren't living in. Or, so if their work is actually valuable. They won't be living in a poverty or in poverty, so they won't need the welfare state, you know. And even if they do, at least that way, they're at least creating the tax revenue, mm-hmm. or at least contributing to it. Right. I mean, as a libertarian, and, that, that, and that's just biting onto your, you know, your right. argument there. As a right libertarian, you, you know, you understand my view about taxes. Yeah, I'll yeah, get into that, but anyway. Um, I mean, we all I, have, there's only two things certain in life. Death and taxes. Death and yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> but I think that, I mean, some of these immigrants, especially from Mexico, what they do is, they're willing to work for cheap because even if they work for under the minimum wage here, that money is still a lot more peso than like oh, yeah. you know what I'm saying. Well, they essentially send money back to their families or travel back down to Mexico. Our money and is it, just worth more. And they exchange the the dollars or pesos. And they live better down there. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And I don't think... I don't have a problem with that. You know, if they want to leave and do that or, you know, save up money. Um, 
if, it, it's funny because, like, like addressing the root causes of why people come here, that is a reason. It's because the conditions in other places are often undermined by our corporate interests around the world and, and through Latin America and our involvement in their politics and their economies and the Inter International Monetary Fund, which is a group of countries that basically dictate how much aid they're going to give to poor countries and then say, all right, you're going to do this. You're going to stop giving people free education. You're going to stop pe giving people health care or we're not going to give you this money. You're going to have to drastically bow down to our interests and, you know, send that it just creates that instability that props us up as a, a leader in the world in a way, or at least enhances our level of influence in the world. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, no, you're fine. No, I, I could be, um, I, I forgot what my next point was going to be. Um, but no, I guess I just, on principle, I don't, if an immigrant wants to come here and wants to work for less than minimum wage, I don't see, you know, that should be illegal at all, you know, because there, like I said, there are some immigrants that come up here and then work for below the minimum wage for under the table and then go back down home, go back home and then, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's, if they, you'd be hard pressed to find people that are like really, really, like if, if they know that they can have the ability to, well, you know, that's crazy. I, I just realized something. Those people aren't, paying those taxes so they might actually be keeping more of their money per capita than exactly. sending it home. Exactly. So yeah, I don't have a problem with that either. But at the same time, I don't want them to be exploited. Right. But then again, I mean, if... Now, of course, there is a language barrier, which, you know, some employers, fairly unfairly, you know, that's a whole different argument don't want to employ people because of the language barrier they have. Okay, whatever, we'll talk about that some other time. But, so, if they, if that language barrier, that language barrier may be a problem for one employer, but there's, like, at my work, for example, um, I have a guy from Honduras that works with us, okay? He speaks English, he understands English, but it's very broken and very, and very simple. So sometimes it's hard to communicate, like, specific work directions to him. Yep. But still, most companies, they don't care. As long as you're a good worker, they'll pay you what, you know, you're willing to be paid. Yep. And if an immigrant doesn't like what they're going to be paid, that then they can always... They have an option to move around and find what works best for them. You know what I'm saying? Could, yeah. Even if you're... Not making that much money, you're you're not really paying taxes, so you're gonna keep more of your money per capita, and you could essentially create your own. You could be your own labor force. You could be your own boss. And not to mention too, I mean, think about an immigrant that's a welder that was originally a welder. Let's say a guy from Mexico comes into America and has just a couple of years of welding experience. Well, welders are in high demand. And even if he doesn't really understand English that well, he does understand how to read blueprints. Mm -hmm. You know, um, hypothetically speaking, because okay. you have to know how to do read blueprints in order to or, weld. Or even knows basic math and chemistry, you know. Exactly. You read the symbols and the elements and knows what they are. And, yeah, the measurements in this country may be millimeters and we use inches here, but that's not too terrible of an obstacle to overcome. So, even though he doesn't really speak the same language, he can still 
hypothetically be a very important asset to the company and be a good unit of production. It's one of the good things about science and math. It's a universal language. Literally everywhere in the universe, math works the same way. Exactly. Except 2 plus 2 except, except equals a, 4 in America, and 2 plus 2 equals 4 in North yeah, Korea. Unless you're in a black hole. <laughs> oh, yeah. Then 2 plus 2 equals infinity. <laughs> <laughs> it equals spaghettification. <laughs> I can't imagine me getting the suck from a black hole. <laughs> getting, getting the zuck. Getting the zuck from a black hole. Yeah. Oh, man. <clears throat> um, one, one point that you brought up about uh, a few minutes ago um, about putting obstacles in the way of people coming here legally. One of I'm experiencing that myself in my relationship with somebody right now. Um, hi, Maka. <laughs> mm. And, you know, she has education. She, she didn't finish college, but she has, I think, like a whole, at least a whole year at least in the education. But where she's from, it's hard to find a job. And we, we have these, these things that... You know, we we don't want people to come here and leech off of the government. So, like, when she, it's literally harder for her to do it legally than it is for her to come here illegally. And she's she's made the point that she's never even once thought about coming here illegally because she wants to do things right. It, but even with the right intentions, our government still won't look at that right. They'll just judge. The, uh, a person based on their, where they come from, yeah, yeah, their preconceived notions of what these people are, and that's the problem with that's again a problem with Trump's rhetoric, um, that people are coming here illegally and they don't have any regard for the law and they want to steal your jobs, even though most of the time illegal immigrants or undocumented immigrants um, are doing jobs that regular Americans really don't want to do, and the reality is, like, while he's spitting this hateful vitriol and propaganda uh, that is clearly just racist in general, more jobs are being lost, and I credit Andrew Yang for raising my awareness to this, but more jobs are being lost to automation than illegal immigration or any other kind of root cause, you know? It's, he's dodging the real issues, and he doesn't, he's not qualified to even speak on any of this shit. I don't, like, he's hired more illegal immigrants than anybody, but that's, <laughs> that's because he knows, like, he, he's greedy as fuck, you know. So he, maybe he's just projecting his, his life and his reality onto everybody else. And Probably, yeah. It, it's, uh, you would, you would think that his own supporters would be like, wow, you're a fucking hypocrite, but as Trump said, he could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and not lose a single vote. It's getting to the point where he could literally do that and then rape somebody right afterward, right on the public, and then he still wouldn't lose any votes. Mm -hmm. The evangelicals, actually, they did a poll recently where largely they said no matter what, evangelicals would support Trump. He could make a porn in the White House and they'd be like, Trump 2020, you know, like fucking, like he's their god, you know. Uh, I'm just so tired of the hypocrisy of, cons you know, traditional, older, conservative Christians and shit like that. The cognitive dissonance is driving me fucking crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, so, um, do you have anything else? To yeah, add? um, I was also going to say, too, uh, one point we didn't really touch on is, um, Association of Values, of American Values of Immigrants. 
Now, this is purely anecdotal, and I'm sure someone's going to say, well, there's empirical evidence that states otherwise. Okay, anyway. Uh, I've worked with a lot of Hispanic immigrants in my life. I've worked with a lot of factories, and all the Hispanic workers I have worked with have the same American value as far as, you know, family, getting a good job, and being in a, contributing to society in some type of, you know, in, in, a, in a decent form. Um, one thing I hear about, like, from conservatives mainly, and there is a little bit of validation to this, and, I, and I've talked to you about this quite a while ago, but I'm, I'm, open for, I'm pretty open for anybody to come here, but there are also certain people, like, from... I hate to I hate to point the finger, but Middle Eastern Muslim countries and even African Muslim countries, where you know they believe women should not be able to go to school, um, they believe that gay people should not have rights. Um, so, okay, yes, they should come here, but I, I fully yes I fully agree that should they should be able to come here, but if they can't transition from their old values to the American values that at least me and Matthew hold, then I don't think it's going to work out very well for them or for and for us. So, like, I'm pretty sure anyone, everyone listening right now is pretty much in, in support of women being able to go to elementary, middle, high, and high school, and college. And if you have someone with a very traditional Muslim view that women should not be able to do any of those things, and a large portion of those people come to the country, then that could potentially be a problem. So I'm holding my phone in my hand here, and you can see that is from 2000, this is a polling data from 2013, April of 2013, of Muslim countries. Um, let's see what it says here. The moderate side of Islam. This is going to get me all kinds of trouble and grief from the left. You know, oh, you Islamophobic, peace, whatever. Like, I'm gonna call you out on that bullshit, like you're being intellectually lazy and just fucking stupid. But these are the facts according to the polling data and Pew Research, <coughs> um, you know, who is a very reputable uh, and thorough uh, polling, polling uh, institution. Alright, so the moderate side of Islam, uh, there's 1.62 billion uh, uh, Muslims at that point in, in you know, time. Uh, there's there's 1.62 billion moderate Muslims, basically. No, just Muslims in general. Um, that are moderate. No, the the moderate is in quotes. You know. Okay. Okay. So it's it's yeah. It's arbitrary. But, yes, but 1.39 billion of the 1.62 billion Muslims believe the wife should obey the husband. 1.1 billion believe Sharia should be the law of the land. 748 million believe in death for adultery. And 584 million people, Muslims, uh, believe in death for leaving Islam. So, I understand some concerns. That's, that's not Islamophobic. That's literally just addressing a fact that it's a completely different culture. Exactly, and I have a friend from Pakistan, um, uh, Kamil, and he he practices you know his his Muslim faith every day, and he's a really you know well-rounded guy. 
he's actually, you know, he, of course he's against Trump, but he's very, he, he has a wife, she goes, you know, she's yeah. going to college, and he's not, like, all about Sharia law, he's, you know... There's, he, there's just a, a fundamental difference between... Uh, there's a fundamental difference between Muslims in America and Muslims in theocracies around the world. You know, when you come here, you have to abide by our secular laws. You can't fucking just kill your, your daughter for having sex premarital or something right. like that. Right. You can't just... You can't see two homosexual men kissing and then decide you're going to chop both their heads off with a machete. No, or, that's or, not how... or stone them or something like that. Yeah, you're, you're that, not that's people... not how we roll around here. You're not cutting people's arms off for stealing. You're not doing any of that ri ridiculous, theocratic, authoritarian bullshit. Our government is supposed to stand up against that kind of authoritarianism. We are that Our core principles are against authoritarianism as a country. So basically, the point he's trying to make is that the left criticizes the Christian conservatives for thinking that same exact way, but when the Muslims from a third world country want to, are even more com com hard... Completely undermine the liberal belief system. Exactly, but they are trying to virtue signal their way in support of the, these Muslims yeah, from these third like world you, countries. You can't call yourself like a feminist who supports the LGBT community and, you know... Uh, call somebody who is bringing up valid points like I just did about the, the data and the polling data, you can't call them an Islamophobe. You can call somebody who's a right-winger who's clearly just thinking like, alright, Muslims, they're all terrorists. Like, yeah, that's an Islamophobe. But somebody who is legitimately worried about the traditional, liberal, or just even American values of secularism, you can't call them an Islamophobe for actually defending the rights of the many from, you know, uh, influence of religions that our government was literally founded to get away from. Exactly. And the left doesn't want, you know, the Christian it's, faith it's, to run the government. Then why would they be... Then they sh Also, logically speaking, they shouldn't be okay with a Muslim faith dictating the laws of the land as well. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, there's two... <laughs> This is the main sweet spot of liberal hypocrisy. And like I said, I'll probably catch some flack for this, but I'm not speaking in. Tell me if I'm lying. I, I mean, I'm speaking opinions, but I'm using facts to base my opinions on. You know, I'm not lying to you guys. I'm not being intellectually dishonest. These are American values that we need to confront and uphold. And... It's just intellectually lazy, dishonest, and really just... Wrong. Yeah, wrong to, you know, say that you're a, like a feminist or a leftist and you support the LGBT community while you're also saying like, you know, Islam is the religion of peace or, or that Islam is okay but Christianity is bad. Exactly. Like, no, they're... Alright, so... In America, you have the right to practice your, your, your freedom of religion, your freedom of speech, your ability to have your own thoughts, freedom of thought, right? It's not wrong to want... It's not wrong to want everybody to have that. Freedom of religion is freedom from religion. But you can't be this intellectually lazy... Uh, 
and say that one religion is okay, but the other one is bad. Mm -hmm. Or that one, by discriminating um, against one religion, it's racist. Exactly. When, you're, when you're against the other religion. Or one religion is okay, and one, one isn't. As you say, it's pure hypocrisy. Yes, it's the sweet spot of liberal hypocrisy. And it drives me fucking nuts. <laughs> but then again, I'm an atheist, you know? Like, I might be seen by people on the left as somebody who's racist for this state for these statements but it's not even about race it's literally just about respecting human dignity and freedom of thought period. i think period oh, people miss a big point too is like people that grew up in these third world countries where the the government is lit a literal theocracy where the government is built upon sharia law and these people have been living in that system for either have been born in that system and lived that system for many years. And even the children that are born, even just a couple of years ago, they're brought up to think that they, that is normal behavior, that that's how things are and how things should be. Yeah. And to change that way of thinking is not just something you can do at the snap of a finger. You know? Yep. And I know, I know there's exceptions, and there's lots of... You know, Muslims that come here from other, from you know, third world countries that have conformed to our values and are great people to the community. Yes, but there is also I know plenty of, of, you know, functioning, perfectly respectable uh, people who believe in Islam and Muhammad and mm -hmm. everything. You but know? they they stop, but but what makes them okay is they don't infringe upon the rights of anybody else. Yeah, that's the key difference between here and somewhere else. Where you grow up under a theocracy. Here, people live completely differently. So it's like apples to oranges, and just it, it's not. It, it's so general and intellectually lazy. And the the funny thing is that you know out of the 1.62 billion Muslims that I said exist in the world as of 2013, and the ones that believe in Sharia law and all that shit. They're not really trying to come to America. No. They're in fact, they want to kill us. <laughs> they, I mean, it's. I'm saying they don't even care about becoming American citizens. So oh, oh not, yeah, okay, yeah. I'm saying, My like, bad. I'm saying they don't, I'm not worried about them, like, here. I mean, I am on some level, but they're not really trying to come here. They're trying to live where they live. Because exactly. that's where it works. You know, they definitely want a Western civil, not all of them, but... A, a lot of people want Western civilization to completely collapse and live under the, uh, theocratic dictatorship, you know. But uh, it's just, they're not the ones coming here. So I'm not afraid of, you know, Muslims or refugees, for example, coming here. Uh, I, I can understand if they're coming from, you know, like terrorist cells and shit like that. But... <sighs> The reason why refugees are even coming here in the first place gets, back, gets back to our military-industrial system yeah. and back to Tulsi Gabbard's main fucking campaign purpose. Like, exactly. And one huge, um, one one meme I saw on the even a right-wing libertarian page was stop intervening, intervening other countries' uh, affair, um, you know, affairs and and to stop inspiring terrorists. Yes. Basically, every bomb is like a fucking recruitment ad for, you know, the terrorists, especially ISIS. Like, oh, look what they're doing to your country in Syria. They're blowing it up, blah, blah, blah. You better join with us because this government right here is, you know, they're weak. We're strong. We're, we are the many. 
We care about you. We're going to take care of you. We're going to pay you. We took over this oil rig. We took over the Bank of Iraq. You know, we got the money. We, we, we'll pay you. Join us. You know, the statism to the core. Theocratic statism and a functioning economy because they stole the resources. Like, it's... Oh. <laughs> That's because probably the worst possible uh, outcome of any government is a, the, a, a fully authoritarian status... Theocracy. State, yeah, state theocracy. Like, that's absolute worst case scenario. That's probably worse than Hitler. Hitler was a fascist, and probably, you know, he did believe in religion, but, like, he didn't really, at least to my knowledge, he didn't enforce religious rules upon... No, but he had favoritism for certain people. The very first people, I don't know if you know about this, but the very first people that Hitler cut a deal with, do you know who it is? It was Catholics, wasn't it? Yep, the Vatican. Yeah, I don't remember the dude's name. It was, like, Pope Gregory or something. But, yeah, like, they, you know, they made exceptions for Nazi propaganda to be around and Bibles to be, Catholic Bibles to be around. And, you know, Italy, it, Rome is in Italy. Italy was on the side of... Yeah, it was Mussolini. Yep, yep. So, uh, the religion and... You know, Religion and government don't mix, as the Founding Fathers predicted. Yeah. <laughs> as common sense should dictate, unless you are an authoritarian bootlicker. <laughs> like, like, oh, God, that shit is such a cancer. Um, yeah, I mean, we're all trying to... The whole point of this conversation was to talk about, you know, these issues, and it actually uh, brought us right back to the original topic of Tulsi, you know. The, these interventions are actually causing more terrorist groups to exist. ISIS didn't exist before the Iraq War, you know? Mm -hmm. We inspire them to exist. Yep, and terrorist cells in Libya weren't as numerous as they are before we toppled Gaddafi. You know? mm -hmm. And then gave them a bunch of guns. Yeah. And most of the time we try to take down these countries in the Middle East, it's because they're trying to abandon the petrol dollar, which undermines our political and monetary influence on the world. You know, they want to get to a gold-backed currency, which is what traditional libertarians like Ron Paul were trying to do as well. They're trying to get back to a gold standard instead of the fucking petrol dollar or, you know, just paper money or whatever, you know, or, or the, the, the Federal Reserve and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. These, they want the same thing. They want to be more independent and, <laughs> ironically... Alex Jones is a little bit onto something here about the globalist. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and just tear my shirt off into two. <laughs> Goddamn globalist. <laughs> yeah, but you know, that's what most of the shit was about. You know, and it's ironic in a way not to cozy up to Gaddafi or anything, but like in those countries, like in his country in particular, they had free education, free healthcare, and free electricity because they are a oil-rich nation. You know, yes, he was an authoritarian dictator, but clearly taking out leaders like Saddam Hussein and Gaddafi destabilized the area and created recruitment cells for fucking terrorists. Um. Oh, by the way, this is a completely different argument, but in as an echo to our, our debate about you know citizens, militia, overthrowing the government. Okay, we've been in the Middle East for how long now? A very uh, I mean, in Iraq, uh, I mean, in Afghanistan alone, 20 years almost. Okay, so we've been in Afghanistan for 20 years. Almost, yeah. We are fighting guys who wear flip-flops to combat, 
with an average IQ below ours. Who live who, in caves. Who live in caves, who are still able to fight us, and are literally attaching grenade launchers to civilian drones. And they're able to still fight us. And you don't think, you guys don't think that some MIT engineers from the Midwest can create weapons for us to overthrow the government? Just think about that. I won't say anything more. Or, or uh, <laughs> actually, I'll, I'll, we talked about this before. Um, just uh, the other day, um, El Chapo's son was pinned down by the Mexican military. They handcuffed him, had him all ready to go. All of a sudden, they got outside and started taking heavy fire from the from the cartels. Heavy fire. And uh, it got to the point where these 30 people in the military and this one building who were heavily armed and all of that and prepared to just go, they got beaten down. And they literally let El Chapo's son go because it would actually be less harmful to them to let him go. They were overmatched, overgunned, overpowered. That's a military just being destroyed mm. by a gang. Trained professional killers. Yes. Mm. Like, unregulated... That's an unregulated militia, pretty much. Or, yeah, that's an unregulated militia that just came and destroyed any credibility of force or might of a military, of an actual... Government military, yeah. Of an established government military. Cowardice, right there. Uh, so, no, that's, that's a secondary example of just, it's, an, it's against the argument that the, the American government could not be overthrown. Oh, and um, for the leftists that disagree, that call themselves Marxists or socialists or communists, I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Karl Marx actually say that um, the working class people should always have firearms in order to revolt against the bourgeoisie? Yes, that is a general... Well, I'm not. I'm not 100% certain on that. I didn't read all the Marxist material, but uh, I've seen that. And the farther left you go, you actually end up getting more in common with the right on certain things. You know, especially with guns. Yes, especially with guns and uh, just civil liberties in general. So, just remember to always, you know, check your opinions and you know your theories, you know, and just make sure that you're as logically sound as possible. Is what I'm saying because. Yeah. No one can provide better safety for you than yourself. Yep. I mean, you're going to trust the police with everything. You're in for a rude awakening. They're going to come and shoot your dog, throw a fucking flashbang through your fucking window, and land in your baby's crib, blow their face off, and there will not be any accountability. And they'll take all your money. Yes, asset forfeiture is a huge problem. But, um, are, should we end in a minute here? Yeah, yeah, we should, it right. should probably end. I gotta go home. I just anyway. want to say one last thing. Um, I, I'm glad that we were able to talk about all these things. Um, I'm sorry that we didn't dedicate more time to Tulsi or the border wall in general, but we talked about plenty of topics, and we hope you enjoyed the show tonight. Yes, thank you, everybody, for joining us. And we know we've been a bit, on a bit of a hiatus, like a three- or four-week hiatus, so we're sorry about that. We just had a lot going on in life with work and everything. So... We're glad you guys decided to stick with us, and we hope you enjoyed tonight's episode, and uh, hope to see you guys next time. All right. Thank you.